Welcome to the Way Welling Podcast. I am Jason, the host for this show, where I sit down with people who have made a career leap of faith and get them to share their stories so that maybe you can pull some insight or inspiration. These are people who have maybe had a side hustle for a while and decided to go full-time with it, or maybe they were had a passion that they always wanted to pursue, and they have built up the courage and made a decision to actually finally go after what they really want. Today's episode is with Pierre T. Lambert. It took several weeks for this guy to get some availability, so I was really pumped to to finally sit down and get a chance to talk with him. He has amassed over 100,000 subscribers on YouTube, uh, over 60,000 followers on Instagram, uh, over 25,000 or so on TikTok. He is a worker. He does. He doesn't just talk the game. He is actually out there in the field creating, making things happen. He has high energy, which I love to see whenever whenever he puts something out. Uh, it just it's inspiring me. So I hope that you are able to pull some some ideas from him in this interview. And let's dive in, Pierre T. Lambert. All right, so we're here with Pierre T. Lambert. What's up, man? How are you doing? I'm doing great. So first things first, I have to start off by saying huge, huge congratulations on your baby girl, Kira. Uh, I saw the picture on Instagram. She is adorable, perfect. Um, how you how you doing with that? Yeah, it's good. It's, uh, it's quite an adventure, I gotta say. I mean, I knew it would change everything, but it did. So th- that's the one thing in your life, I mean, I would say the biggest thing that you can never go back, right? You can never unbe a dad. So that's, that's kind of funny. It's like literally the, the one chapter that you cannot unfold. Like you can get divorced, but you cannot not be a dad. <laughs> very, very, very true. And um, so this is particularly interesting for me. I mean, I know it's very, very new. Um, how old is she now? Just a couple of weeks, right? Yeah, just a couple of weeks. Just a couple of weeks. Um, so we're going to dive into you know, how you um, came to be a full-time content creator and stuff like that. But the question that is, you know, in the front of my mind right now is, do you see being a father, uh, how can I word this correctly without it sounding very, very bad, as something that is going to, I guess, interfere or maybe you'll have to cut back on some of the things that you were doing already um, as a content creator? Ha, 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 the big question. I think it's, um, yes, you're going to have to make sacrifice just like every big commitment in your life. It has to come out of somewhere. So you need to know where you want to cut. Either it's on your Netflix or it's on your work or anywhere. Um, there will be sacrifices. And also what what's going to happen, I mean, and it's like, having something or someone you deeply care about, it's like you always have that that person or for some it's an animal at the top of your mind when you do things or when you go places. So yeah, it's it's going to change that for sure. And so it sounds like you, you mentioned Netflix in there and, and it sounds like you have an idea of how you're still going to manage that. Do you have a plan of, of how you're going to... Um, still try to do as much creating as possible while still being a great father. Yeah. So I think 
I'm very blessed in the way that um, being like creating and being a photographer also allows you to have like flexibility in your schedule, which a lot of people don't have. And I didn't have that back in the days. And I'm very grateful because it gets me to uh, help my wife more and also like live those first days with the kids a little bit more. Whereas if I had a full-time job again, I mean, I, this is a full-time job, but if I had to have a strict schedule, I wouldn't be able to uh, maybe spend that as much time. And I think that's that's a really good part. In terms of plan, per se, for the future, I don't have one. We'll see how it goes. Uh, right now, I just try to work out the schedule and uh, and see if it works out with, with also my, my wife, just to make sure that <laughs> I don't leave her in too much trouble. For sure. For sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, so you have the liberty or the freedom of being um, self-employed. And I, I guess, you know, I never really thought about that because I, I, that's something I currently don't have. I don't have kids as of yet either. But um, so why don't we dive in right, right into your, your story? How did you, how did you become um, self-employed, if you will, or how did you, you know, decide to so, be a full-time content creator? Huh. The good question too. Um, so back in the days, I so I come from France and was raised and and like kind of formatted to either become an engineer, a doctor, or or something very very well known. But something my parents kind of left me. I mean, when I told them I was leaving and I was mentioning that, they probably didn't think uh, they said that, but they did say when I was younger. You can do whatever you want as long as you do it well. It doesn't matter. You, it's it was kind of like you can succeed if if you just want to be good at it. And um, but in my head, I was like, okay, I like engineering. I'm gonna be an engineer. I wanted to be a bio, uh, bio marine engineer or like scientist, just to spend time in the ocean, like looking for fishes and stuff. Um, but I ended up becoming a mechanical engineer and just thought, I didn't think too much, to be honest. It, it's one of those things you don't think beyond what is proposed in front of you. It's like you go to a buffet and there are only two dishes. You're not thinking about what you could have <laughs> right. that is not in front of you. Um, and so I became that engineer and my whole goal was to get any kind of job that got me to travel. So I ended up in the energy industry. And uh, was sent to Nigeria and a bunch of other places uh, like Angola. I was And one day while, while I was on, on the boat offsh- offshore, it's kind of funny because I was on the boat and I was really bored. So uh, we were like laying pipelines um, under, under the sea. Uh, and I remember being there and being super bored. So I was just checking emails. And one of my university newsletter just sent something that is a four-hour work week possible. And I was like, what? Because I was working 12-hour shifts. So I'm like, what are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, what is that? So then I dug into it and, and they're like, it was a conference that was coming up discussing a book. And the book was called The Four-Hour Work Week. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I grabbed a, a PDF version because when you're off, offshore you have like access to nothing and back in the days um I, d- I don't think i could download any book onto a work laptop and read it except if it was a pdf so i found a pdf and uh devoured the four work week from tim ferris and a lot of what was written in it actually just rang bells in my head simply because it was like a conversation you've 
it was like discussing with a friend that has the same idea, but no one has ever said those ideas. And one day someone comes up and says it and you're like, yes, 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 yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, all right, Tim, you sound pretty interesting. Let's see what we can do. And at that point I was like, okay, okay, let's, let's see what if, and I think the biggest takeaway from the book was, um, not that you can only work for hours, but it's more like, um, do things, especially if you have to put in time that you love and that will help you in your personal way. And you don't have to contribute to someone else's dream per se, if it's not yours. And that's how I felt in my job. I was like, okay, I'm just contributing to those people like bank accounts. They don't like, no one cares if I'm here, if I'm not here, whatever we do, it doesn't matter to be honest. And so I was like, can I find something like, what if I had open deck, open cards, you know, I don't know if you've ever done that exercise, take a piece of paper, blank piece of paper and just write, what if you could do anything you wanted, what would you be doing for the next two years? And I wrote a ton of ideas and two that stuck with me were uh, maybe photographer. I put a, and then I had a passion for aquariums. I was like maybe a a aquarium company, like a aquarium filter brand. And another one was uh, building a platform um, like Airbnb, but for photographers. And then I went back on shore and I was starting to, tell all my friends about that book and I, I still have those emails from 2000 I think 13 14 I can't remember uh 13 I think uh sending emails being like hey you need to read that book read it now <laughs> yeah it's a great I have it I, I to be honest I haven't read it cover to cover I picked and chose yeah. I picked and chose uh here and there but yeah Tim Ferriss is he's he's a must listen podcast and um, I have a tribe of mentors as well, um, that I haven't made my way through, but I've, I've, uh, thumbed through that one as well. So yeah, we we're on the same page there. I cannot believe that you just brought up the Airbnb for photographers. If, if this is, I'm going to just say it because I've had an idea in my mind that I think might be the same one, but just, um, for photographers, a way to connect and have a place to stay when they want to travel and go shoot. Is that the similar idea oh, that you had or no, was it's it something not, else? But, okay. No, my, mine was like, how can I, because imagine 2014, like there were no platform that would allow you to book photo shoots oh. online through different photographers. Uh, and I always wondered like the, the moment I started digging into the photography thing was like, how come photographers have to put so much effort into their marketing, right? Mm-hmm. And like their own websites and everything. I don't think it's a bad thing, but why is there not a platform like booking.com that allows me to find any photographer around the world, whether it's in a small village in Indonesia or whether it's in Paris and just rank them by price and list and everything and just book book them, you know? Wow. And that just kind of frustrated me, especially when you're a new photographer, you're like, you want to have that exposure uh, to a mass audience, right? Mm-hmm. No, that's that's cool. That's definitely something that is not not out there. Somebody somebody yeah. should tackle that problem. Somebody should uh, give that one a chance. Yeah, my idea was uh, was different. It was just a, I was I was just thinking all these photographers, um, they want to travel. Most photographers I know <laughs> want to travel, so it would be cool if there was just some kind of network where it was like, okay, you're going to have a place to stay. 
if you travel mm-hmm. to such and such a country and then you return the favor. You know, if you live in Chicago, obviously, so and so, if you do an exchange or whatever like that, if you go to Iceland and someone is offering a place that's a photographer, you have a built in um, somebody to show you around that knows the place. And so yeah. that, was, that was kind of my idea. But I just thought somebody should do it. I don't have the means to do it or anything like that, but I just <laughs> thought it'd be an interesting idea for photographers to just kind of take care of each other. But I don't, I don't know how any money would be made off of that. I just thought it'd be cool to have a network and be able to couch travel. surfing. Yeah, basically, couch, but for photographers. Couch, yeah. Yes, but if if it doesn't exist, just use couch surfing and search for photographer keywords, and you'll find a bunch of photographers. Oh, so then it does exist, <laughs> kind of. Right? Uh, yes, but yeah. it's not catered just for photographers. So yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's what you learned. So I want to dive in because I did catch you say you wanted to travel. You knew that mm-hmm. when you, even oh yeah, when, even when you were going into the the kind of safer, more practical career of being a mechanical engineer, you still just mentioned um, that you knew traveling was a, a big part. How did you de- uh, discover that about yourself? Um, I would say it's always been there since I'm a kid because luckily enough, my dad was traveling a lot for work. Um, we lived abroad with my family for 10 years in Germany. And then when we were back in France, we would take often trips abroad. And I had a few international friends, like a lot actually. And that just always exposed me to that world of traveling. And there was no way... I would take any job that that would just like ground me in one place. Mm-hmm. It was just not possible in my mind. So my first internships were um, uh, as as soon as possible. My first internship was like abroad, and anytime possible, I would just keep trying to get abroad. Mm-hmm. That was just my only goal. And then when I would save money, I would use that money to travel. Do you have a favorite trip that you remember from when you were a kid? Uh, I would say two. I mean, the the first one was the first one alone, which is always fun, and it was Japan oh, yeah. uh, when I was eight, <laughs> hey. when I was eighteen. Uh, just turned eighteen. Yeah, it was two thousand five or six, and um, yeah, I just went with my backpack and just explored Japan for months, and it, I had a blast. It was really cool. I still remember one of my photo I took there. Actually, two of them, three of them, because one of them I kept using as my uh, how was it called. Um, wait, 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 you, you're going to love that messenger app that everyone was using windows messenger. No, was it windows messenger that everyone was using at one point? Anyway, that was my profile pic, uh, that I took in Japan. <laughs> I remember being excited. So I was fairly young, but also I remember taking a photo with the point and shoot camera, you know, like 3.2 megapixels mm-hmm. and I could not believe, like, I managed to gr- to capture a tiny frog that was maybe the side of my thumb on the floor in Japan and, like, take an almost macro shot, and I absolutely loved that photo for some reason. Uh, so this your, that first solo trip was when you were 18, you said, or younger? Yeah, 18. 18. So you had a, you had a point-and-shoot camera with you at that point, but you didn't have the love for photography yet, right? I liked it, but I wasn't, like passion i was i wasn't a crazy crazy around it i love photography for what it meant i could capture okay gotcha yeah japan um 
for me, that's my mecca for photography. I want to live in Japan for at least a year before I die. Uh, I don't know how that's going to happen or when it's going to happen, but uh, bucket list shot for me is the the cherry blossoms. So I got to get there in the spring uh, at some point. Oh, yeah. But but, yeah. As a teacher, I'm sure you can find a, a, a school that will just do an exchange with you maybe or something like that. Well, for I, your, I'll have to look into that. That's that's something that needs to occur at some point in my life for sure. That's a uh, just just look for American school Japan and then see if you can work with them for a year. Oh yes, see I'm I'm learning. That's it. I'm learning. Pierre's dropping knowledge. He's changing my life. Um, so, well, you don't know when you're gonna die, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> so, true. Very true. So I don't want you to be disappointed before <laughs> you die. <laughs> I appreciate that. No, so all right, so. Japan, um, when did you pick up the camera and take it serious? Because you put two things down on the sheet of paper, photographer being one of them, and then uh, in the aqua, what was it? Oh, yeah, I had aquarium filter and also the booking platform. And the booking platform, so yep. three things were on that list. And then you did you choose photographer right away? No. Okay. I actually conceived designed the filter looked for a supplier tried to have like some parts made and then i just i just abandoned because it wasn't it didn't make sense anymore mm-hmm. it, the prototypes were getting too expensive and i was like that doesn't that doesn't seem right so and the market was really small especially when i looked crunch numbers from like big companies i was like oh that's a pretty small market actually so i was like oh you know what i'm out of filters uh, let's uh, go to my drawing board again and look into the photography thing. And at that point, I think I discovered Creative Live and I discovered their first few lives. And a guy was talking about like making money as a photographer and, and stuff like that. It was like, oh, cool. Let's look into what I can do around here. And um, and for me, photography was like, you know, a bit Nat Geo traveling and everything. So I was like, if I can do that, that's great. And what happened is that at the same time, I started digging into the photography world. And like you mentioned earlier, the seniors, we don't have that in Europe, but we have like couples, engagements, weddings. Uh, I definitely saw that that was the easiest to get into. And I'm not saying it's easy to when you're into it. I'm just saying it's the most accessible one because usually you're in your hometown. It's there. If you want to be a Nat Geo photographer in your hometown, it might be a little bit tough. Right. <laughs> So I was like, okay, cool. Let's, let's dig into it. And I started learning like to work with, with people. I, I had my wife model for me at the time, girlfriend, a uh, bunch of time with her friends. Uh, it was really awkward at the beginning. I had no clue what I was doing, the camera and stuff. I was, I had been getting more and more into uh, photography and cameras, I think a year before too. So I knew my way around straight from like, a long time ago when I had point-and-shoot cameras, but um, I only started really digging around that time. And what I did is that I just trained every day. Like every single day, I just trained myself, watched videos, went to practice, shot for free. And after a while, uh, well, obviously, I got better. I mean, thank God. Otherwise, (laughs) I'd be pretty, I'd have a problem. And uh, how long was a while? Do you remember? Yeah, so from the moment I, I kind of like decided I would start 
shooting people and the moment I actually shot for money, it only it was only four months. So yeah, so four, took me about wow four months. Yeah. But I mean, I assume you were shooting a ton in that four months. A good amount. I wouldn't say like a ton because I still had my full time job, right? So I was like nine to five. I was at my full time job. Uh, at my job or just after, I would watch videos um, and I would practice and try to build uh, how do you, a portfolio that that was looking like anything. I even like posted on Reddit Paris at the time, like if people wanted free photo shoots. And um, every weekend I would shoot maybe once or twice was was like free clients just to to get her hands on it and then I would practice my edits during the week but the most important was also practicing without a without the camera just seeing lights understanding compositions all that you don't need a camera for that you just need your eyes mm-hmm. and and at the time I decided also I don't know how I decided that but I found it difficult I, I didn't know where to look to actually get paid and find clients so I asked friends if they wanted to get shots and then I told them if you have friends who want photos, if you like your photos, uh, just refer them to me and let them know that it's free, but uh, it's it's free, it's donation based. They can give whatever they want after depending on what they love. And we did the shoot with the, my friends of friends and after they gave me like 80 euros after the shoot and they were ecstatic with their photos. and. I was so happy because it was the first time in my life I got paid for something, right? Yeah. So it's and it's a funny feeling, like, like maybe most people don't experience it, but like you literally create something, you direct something, and then someone hands you over money saying, "I love it," that's, and to me that that was awesome. It's a it's a it is a funny feeling. Um, I've sold a handful of prints here and there, and then I've done a couple other uh, photography related um, shoots and stuff like that. But yeah, it is a funny feeling because I would do I would shoot f- for free, like I yeah, because I love it. You know, I would shoot and I do shoot for free. My, the majority of my free time, as much as I possibly can, I get out and shoot, and that's what I'd be doing um, with all my time if I could. And and then obviously the editing part, and then if you if you go out on your own, there's you know the business part, the marketing, advertising, and all the numbers and all that stuff. But um, it's definitely a funny feeling getting that first uh, that first taste of money for for creating something for somebody. It's it's an awesome right. feeling. Yeah. So, how long were you pursuing that um, before the itch? to say, okay, this is, I'm diving all the way in. Um, hmm. About a year, year and a half, I think. So it was that, it was, it was quick for you then. Well, I mean, my, to me, that's quick, a year, a year and a half. That felt the longest time ever to me, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here, here's the thing. I did not decide just to become a photographer. I also decided to start the platform, the booking platform I told you about at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I was learning photography and how to shoot like other photographers that were paid for that I would see. I'm like, okay, I would, I would look at their photos and be like, as long as I'm not at their level, I'm going to shoot for free. Once I'm, I'm at, I believe I'm at their level or I think the photos are kind of equal, I'm going to start charging full price. I don't want to discount anything. I want to start charging the full price from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And um, at the same time, I was learning to code to build the online platform to book photographers. <laughs> wow. So 
it was kind of hectic when I think about it. It's like nine to five day job, evening, learn to code, plus learn photography, plus start my own brand. So, and then I started the platform, built a platform, tested it with clients. And I was attending a lot of startup events and like entrepreneurship stuff because I had no clue where I was putting my feet into. Mm -hmm. uh, I was looking for partners. I, I don't even know how to start, but it's it was very busy time, I would say. And I was running like a headless chicken in all directions, which is uh, which is fun. I learned more in six months than I learned in the previous five years, you know, uh, which is which is awesome. <laughs> and I then decided after maybe a year of that, I went to see my boss at work and I'm like, hey, we got to talk, you know, like, um, I mean, this is cool, but I don't think I want to do it forever. Um, is there a way we can like, is there a way I can leave? You can fire me or something like that. <laughs> the reason is I'm saying it like that is because in France, if you leave on your own will, you don't get any compensation. You don't get any unemployment benefits. But if you are on an agreement with your company of being in a way, let's call it let go, but it's more of an agreement that we're both breaking that contract. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're happy with it, you get an employment, right? And, and then you get two years of unemployment. Wow. At, at like 60% of your salary, which is a huge boost for anyone trying to start anything. Did you save prior to that? I mean, like the whole year, year and a half that you were going through this process. Um, do you recall like when you started to think, okay, I'm for sure I need to get out of this. I need to be doing something else with my life. Yeah. The, the day I read the book. <laughs> wow. And at, at that, at, at what point was that? Do you recall? Yeah. It's literally when I was on the boat offshore yeah, yeah. and I was like, F that I'm out. I, I can't, I don't want to, mm -hmm. you know, I was like, uh, -uh that's not me. I looked at people around me. Not, no, not a single person was inspiring me. Like not a single one. So I was like, why would I do something or be somewhere? I'm not inspired, you know? Uh, I want to be able to look up to people, even if it was working at a different company, you know, uh, that would have been okay too with like a company where like the, where the A players, where they have a strong mindset, they're not just focused on their, their money, but they're focused on growing personally and stuff. Mm -hmm. I would have, maybe I wouldn't mind it, it either, you know, but I chose my own path in a way. But what's, what's really uh, kind of funny, especially when you do that is, um, you, you don't really know what's going to happen, but all you know is that you just got to do it and you'll see what happens. And I can say that I had the luxury of getting an employment, but it gets even better for me because, and a friend of mine from Europe happens the same for him because the day, so I went in my manager's office, talked to him and then he looks at me, he's like, you might want to wait, uh, until Wednesday, um, to, for that. I'm like, why? He's like, because we're going to announce that we're going to fire people. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, um, and we all, I mean, and in France, when a company fires people, they need to give them severance packages. Okay. It's mm -hmm. like, you have to. So then there is a negotiation between the company and the unions or just the employees in general as to what the severance packages will be, what the reconversion 
path can be like how are they going to help people find other jobs or like change job or find new trainings to change job and and that process uh, for, so the moment they announced it I was like yes I'm out hopefully in two months no that the whole process took another six to seven months uh, for them just to negotiate stuff so I was like oh my god I'm gonna die but <laughs> At the end of the day, it, it was fruitful because I did get a severance package. They did give me extra money because I was building a business and I did get the unemployment. So I was very happy because I got all that and it really helped me. But in a way, you, you do pay for it like through your taxes. But if I'm very honest, like uh, in the US, you do pay a lot of taxes and you see zero benefits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. there is a huge discrepancy. I was looking at taxes the other day. I'm like, I mean, I still pay. Like if I were in California, I'd be like doomed because you pay so much taxes there and you get zero benefits compared to Europe. Oh, yeah. Yep. We don't, I don't even want to dive into that right now, but like it, it, that's one of the added benefits of, uh, of travel. And then, you know, my, I married a, a Spanish woman, so I've gotten to see. So, you know, you I, know. I've gotten to see firsthand uh, how much more uh i don't want to bash anyone here or anything but how much more uh it's other countries take care of their people um i'll just leave it at that uh <laughs> but, um so it sounds like you you dove in you knew you had some income that's going to that was going to be there for you for a couple of years from your mm -hmm. engineering job and and to add that, to add to that to anyone especially because we're in the u.s Guys, save money, okay? Like, it's something not a lot of people talk about, but I had money saved. Like, I would save maybe 30, 40% of every single paycheck. So there is, like, that's a discussion that people need to have. It's like, you're not going to spend all your money every month, you, especially if you want to do that, you want to save it, right? You want to save it for big projects, you want to save it for your life, or you just want to invest it because it's going to be passive after, after a while. So... Um, yeah, just keep that in mind. It helped me a lot, and I think it should. Everyone should think about it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you're thinking about, you know, taking a leap and, and leaving a a steady paycheck, uh, there's there's got to be a plan in place, or at least knowing that you're going to be okay monetarily um, for you know a certain amount of time. And and, and even if you don't want to leave, right? Like, you don't want to end up at 60 and be like, oh, damn, I actually don't have any money saved. You're like, oh, oops, what happened? You know, oh, maybe that mortgage, that debt on student and that car debt and <laughs> that TV debt or I don't know what. Like, I have friends, that, they just collect that as if it was like cards. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, like, I don't know you if you realize you're, you're just like buying stuff that's going to like cause trouble for you in the future. It's absolutely correct. Uh I mean, at least the way I was raised and I, I, the way a lot of people that I grew up with were raised, this isn't talked about. It's just not, it's not talked about in schools. Like really how to take care of your money is not talked about in schools. Um, you know, taxes, the whole nine, it's just not discussed in schools. You know, we're kind of yeah. indoctrinated into, you know, high school, go to college, if you need to take on a whole ton of college loans, um, and then, <laughs> and then work your tail off to try to pay, pay those loans back. 
borrow more money. I mean, imagine imagine how many times you could go on a world tour with 100k of student debt. I know. Like I, m- me and my wife went on a whole world tour for one plus year with 25k. So you can already do that four t- four years as a couple just oh, with your student debt. Now, while you're abroad, you have a lot of a university. If you go in Europe, you're going to pay $500 for the year or maybe 1500 which is still nothing. So, uh, And you get great education too. Okay. I just got to stop you there because let's dive into that. You and your wife went on a, tr- a trip around the world and it cost you twenty five grand. Yeah, we got to dive into that. How? When was this? <laughs> uh, 2017 to 2000 and yeah, 18. So for the year 2017 to 2018, you were touring yeah. the whole world for 25k. All right, how do you even approach this idea, and and then how do you even make it all happen? So if you want to do that, you just take a little bucket and you fill it up until you have enough for a year. And your cost is going to vary. I have friends, I think they did it for less than four around 10K. They were so cheap. They were so broke also. And I have others. Uh, and, and then the stats vary for a couple. Usually it's between 20 and 40K, depending on how you want to live and the countries you visit for a full year of traveling, which... I mean, I don't know. If you break it down per person, it's not that much. If you think about it, if you think about your rent, if you think about how much your car costs for a whole year of experiences that you will remember until you die, it's not that much, in my opinion. So it's just and matter. oh, and I just, I just need to say we were not living like we were broke. Okay, it was nice hotels or nice Airbnbs like renting cars, like flying places. Um, some countries are more expensive than others. Sometimes uh, you, you're going to eat a little bit cheaper. Sometimes you're going to splurge. You, sometimes your hotel is going to be $10 a night. Sometimes it's going to be 200 for three days. Um, you know, it completely varies, but you can do it, and it's not as expensive as what people think. Um, how did you plan for that? Not the not not the money, but the actual trip. We wrote down a list of places we kind of wanted to hit, and then we uh, we just got started. And my wife made sure that she saved a little bit of money on her end. Uh, we were in New York at the time, and I had saved up money also, and and uh, I had started by then the YouTube journey and, and my goal through the world tour was also to build a travel channel mm-hmm. and like continue as a photographer or try to work with brands to actually reduce costs whenever possible, um, which didn't happen that much because when you move so much, it's it's hard to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's all about, we didn't plan it like day by day for, for 12 months. We just planned the first trip, then the second, and then we went as we go, as as time was going, we were just changing things. Okay. So I, I don't know why my mind goes to, I feel like it was me. I feel, I would think that I would have to plan the whole thing, but I like that way better, more spontaneous and more, you know, like, okay, let's go here first, see what it's yeah. like, hang out there a bit and then decide where we want to go next. And then it just, it sounds a lot more relaxed to me than trying to do it all up front. Um, so I did. Yeah. I like that. Uh, 
Yeah, you can plan like three months increments, you know, and do it four times. But the, the funny thing is that we wanted to do 12 countries, 12 months mm-hmm. and, and kind of chill in one country in the sense that we would get one apartment, for example, in a, in a hotel. Oh, sorry, in a, in a city and just stay there, you know, just live locally for a month. But once we actually got there, we realized that, oh, there's so much to explore. We want to go there. We want to go there. So <laughs> it just turned into like a lot of traveling. That's amazing. I mean, not not very many people. It, it's it's kind of saddening when you really, really think about it. How many people? Um, and as you mentioned before, like you don't know when when your time's going to be up. But it, it's it's disheartening just to really think about how many people um, will leave, you know, this life without having experienced so much of what the world has to offer. So it's it's awesome to have somebody like you out there. Um, inspiring people uh anytime i i view one anything of yours i just i'm inspired the energy that you have about what you're doing you can tell you that you are in love with doing it and and uh no just hearing hearing that it's possible and stuff like that it's it's just huge the more you can get your content out in this world i think it's going to help a lot of people um so thank thanks you. man thank you for the the courage to go out there and do it and uh and the energy that you you bring to it too, man, it's it's awesome. Um, well, I, I want to add something just just before you close because I, a lot of people push back on that and they and they told me no, I can't leave my job for a year. It's not possible. And they're like, no, I have a career and you know, blah blah blah. My wife found a job afterwards, thanks to that experience. She would have probably not gotten into that company if she hadn't had that experience of traveling around the world. She already was a very well-traveled person and worked abroad for many years. But the companies, especially nowadays, like big tech companies, do value your individual projects and like your ability to actually go beyond just your job and do things. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever aspired to work with companies that inspire you, you need to be able also to show a person that inspiring. Wow, that's incredible. So YouTube is, is kind of where you're most, um, known, although you do it, you have amassed a huge following on Instagram as well with, uh, no, no, TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. Oh, <laughs> you're going TikTok right now. I love oh, it. Oh yeah. I'm totally, everyone should be on TikTok. Everyone should be. Um, I have one, but I haven't posted anything. I'm dragging my feet. Um, but yeah, it's, it's addicting and, and it's, 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 it's it's free and they're not hiding your your posts and you know as many people can dude if, see it. if you're on tiktok and you're consuming and you posted nothing you should delete the app right now <laughs> i love this guy this is the kick in the butt i really needed right here you yeah <laughs> for real I, I i agree i agree i need to i need to i need to get after even it. if you were to take just your instagram stories from your photo shoots and just post that you would still gain people do, uh, noted. I'll, I'm going to get on it. I might hang up with, when we get done with this conversation. I might post my first TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be me acting a fool. Um, uh, but for so you have amassed over a hundred thousand uh, subscribers on YouTube. Um, did you were you creating for YouTube before that world trip uh, trip around the world, or was it? Um, 
during that that you were really like, okay, this is what what I want to do? No, I started before. Um, when we moved to New York from Paris, I lost all my clients as a photographer, like portrait photographer. So because what I didn't mention is that the, the photography, like shooting couples and weddings did pick up in France and was really happy with that. So I was getting a good amount of clients, like getting some some good income, especially on the, the last like season. And then we moved to New York <laughs> and it's like, it's like, oh, oh, you know what? It was too easy. Like, why don't we just start over again? But I didn't start over. I didn't like push my own photography. I, I just like tried to focus all my efforts on the, on the platform, which is called Kaima for booking photographers and really try to push that. But after a while, and I, I kind of burned myself out on the project, uh, not mentally, but out of. Yeah, I, I just got tired with it. I was working on it alone and I just couldn't get anyone with me on the team. I don't know. Maybe I didn't know enough people at the time. Maybe, I mean, I did put myself in a lot of places, but maybe it wasn't that sexy for the people I was me meeting. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, at one point, I listened to a podcast from Tim Ferriss and I heard, I think it was Casey and I didn't know who Casey was. But that's okay. And then I heard another vlogger, family vlogger. And I was like, what the heck is a vlog? And I looked at it. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's so, like, it looks so cheap in a way. <laughs> and I was like, that looks fairly easy. And then I, I saw Casey. And I was like, you know what? I'm getting, like, creatively a little bit, like, stuck with photography only or, or because I'm doing too much marketing for the company, for the for the business. I'm... Mm -hmm. um, I need something creative, a creative challenge. So I decided to go on a um, 30 day vlog challenge and I just set it for myself. Like, I'm like, okay, fine. Like no one is, it's going to like take me to my word. Maybe I try to push a friend to tell me you're not going to do it. So I would just prove him wrong. But at the end of the day, I just said, okay, 30 days, I'm going to vlog every day for 30 days and see whatever happens, happens. And what happens is that I did not get viral. I did not get a hundred <laughs> subscribers. I did not. Uh, I did not get the success that you might think people get when they start stuff. Uh, no, it was an absolutely lame channel. But what really happened is that it got me click. It got me to press rec on my camera for the first time. Mm -hmm. It got me in front of a camera. It got me thinking about storytelling, about how to build stuff, uh, and it put me out of my comfort zone very far out of it in my opinion because I was putting out stuff that were fairly personal or it was just me I thought me was personal already and I had no clue how to handle it but that's okay what I learned mainly was uh like how to start editing editing faster and just like trying to do stuff you know I had n no clue what the influencer award was whatsoever uh what it meant to have an audience either um, so I was like, for me, like having an audience, especially through Instagram was just having a business, you know, as a photographer, you're like, okay, I'm showcasing future clients. What's on my Instagram, what they can get. And that's what I was thinking about. But then, um, when you take it differently and you think about personal brand and you think about like vlogs or whatever, I was like, okay, that's interesting. And after 30 days, I kind of liked it at least because I knew it would like, I would have those memories forever. And I did it for six months. <laughs> wow. Every single day. W so was there a, I don't know, like a, a tipping point um, to where you felt like, okay, I'm onto something here. Uh, nope. 
the tipping point was, oh shit, I'm really not onto something. Why am I spending that many hours doing that when it's clearly not doing anything? No one cares about my life. Uh, no one cares that I'm skating through Brooklyn Bridge um, to go to a networking event. Like no one cares about about that. And I can understand when I look at the video, it's fairly boring. So what happened is that we went on a sailing trip from New York to the north of Maine was like a random stranger and it was kind of funny. Um, yeah, if you want adventures, by the way, there are websites like that where you can just like check people look for crews on their sailboats and you mm -hmm. just join them for free or you just share the cost and then you go on an epic adventure with them. And we found this really cool guy and I vlogged the whole thing and those videos got a little bit more views and after we went to St. Lucia, and I was like, you know what? I'm a photographer. I've, I know there are a lot of villas. My wife booked super cheap tickets for St. Lucia, but it's super expensive over there, everything for lodging. I was like, I'm going to find a way to get us in for free. you know. But when I mean free, it's not really free because I'm going to trade my time. So I found villas that wanted to work with me as a photographer, and I would like basically shoot for them and give them the photos so that they could use them and in exchange they would like just host us for a few days and that's when i kind of got oh maybe that is working better the travel aspect about the videos because i was showing the destination i was showing all tips for like beaches like where is the best part we where we prefer to go and those videos got a lot more attention and that's when i i, I thought okay if i'm doing this youtube thing i have to stop trying to do daily stupid thing where mm -hmm. I don't really know what I'm talking about and there is no niche. I'm just, if I want to do it, I have to go more into travel and sharing information with people. The moment I started sharing valuable information, it helped. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. At what, at what point did you decide to go more photography focused with the channel? halfway through the world tour uh so after we went to st lucia and stuff uh, after six months later we left for the world tour and i was like that's great i'm gonna blow up the the travel channel and i i kept creating videos and stuff which is which was cool i mean we reached like 30k or 25k uh subs on the channel which was cool but i felt like the audience was just watching for the destination and not necessarily for what you're doing, right? They just wanted the information and then they would leave or like, oh, we love our country. We're going to watch all the videos about our own country and then we got, we're not going to watch. And that was a bit frustrating as a creator. And I thought, you know what I'm really passionate about? It's not just the traveling. It's actually being able to share like photography, like taking those photos, going on those adventures to, to get the shot. And I was like, uh, I kind of want to share that, you know, I want to share that with people more and more. And at one point I, I thought, you know what, I'm I'm just going to do it. And at that time, Peter McKinnon just came out and exploded. Mm -hmm. And I was in it kind of like up in the path. And I was like, oh, there is something. There's opportunity to create good quality on the photography world. That is not just a sit down tutorial in a classroom where um, it's basically an ad for uh, some kind of magazine or course or whatever and and yeah i don't know it was so old school photography before on youtube so so old school it's crazy it was like watching a book you know <laughs> <laughs>
and and I thought, you know what, I, I want to get into it. So I did. A, I tried to redo a very trendy video of like five photography hacks or whatever, and that didn't really work out. Then I did a few other videos, and the moment I started sharing like my insight into how I shoot and everything, that when it picked up. Okay, so just just from this short conversation we've had it seems like there's a th been a theme in your life of of trying things uh whether you're experienced with them or not just trying things at at what point do you know that it's time for a change and, and how do you how do you come to that conclusion what do you mean change you mean like um so you left engineering and you, yep. you made a list you said i could try these three things we'll see and you tried it sounds like you tried two of them and then you just ended up deciding on on photography um you started the youtube as a vlog and then it switched over to more kind of a uh uh, like a travel vlog and then, mm -hmm. and then it switched to photography and I'm trying to, I guess, gain some insight into how you go about, um, making the decision that it's time for something new. Oh yeah. It's, I'm, I'm not a great example because I don't really think about stuff too long before I try them. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I do, but if if I think about it for too long, I need to try it. Otherwise, it's just like it's just bothering me. It's like taking space in my mind for no reason. Meaning, like, if what what do I want to try lately? TikTok. Let's talk about TikTok. Mm -hmm. I'm like TikTok mu music mu previously musically. 2016 was the first time I posted on musically. And I posted four videos and stopped. And that's it. <laughs> that's my Musical.ly history. I had 30 views each, maybe. Um, and and it was kind of garbage. Uh, but when Gary Vee started talking about TikTok again recently, when I started seeing that they had changed the name and I, went, I started seeing people use TikTok more and more, I was like, I need to get onto it. And it's one of those things where I missed Instagram like so badly. I missed, missed time Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, when I got on Instagram 2013 maybe or 14, it was like the golden age. Yeah. Like you could like grow very fast. You could like, if you were a little smart about it and I was not smart about it, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't even, heck, I didn't know what a personal brand was or mm -hmm. like whatever an influencer or like, so I didn't even know what YouTube was at the time. I thought it was a cat and uh, and Photoshop tutorial uh, site. <laughs> <laughs> and I decided, you know what, if I want to, I'm thinking too much about that TikTok thing, I'm just going to try it. And one of my friends like went into it and I'm like, that's a perfect time. There's, It's not going to be tomorrow. It's going to be now. And I didn't overthink it. I just took stories or like previously shot stuff and I just started sharing, um, just seeing what would happen. And it, it kind of worked out. Like in three weeks, I think I'm at 8K now. Wow. And I did not push it on my social media. So it's all organic. That's 
that's pretty impressive, man. I know, like, I don't know. I got to, when we get off, when we get off this conversation, I'm posting something. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be something. Hey, Alex is at 2.4K in a week or two. Okay. And we have, fr- I have a friend, I think he, or we have friends, they like blew up and they're like at 50K with the million, millions of views, which is, oh, maybe I passed a million now, but not on one video. All right. Okay. So yeah, get onto it. Yes. That's, that, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. What is my process is like, damn, oh, I didn't do it today. Oh, oh, I want to start a podcast. Oh, I want to start a podcast. Oh, I, and then after three days, I'm like, just do it. Mm-hmm. Like, stop thinking. Like write it down. What do you need to do? What 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 are the steps to do it? How can you make it as easily as possible with no friction? And for me, for the podcast was, for example, the app Anchor, mm-hmm. uh, absolutely freed everything for me. I was like, you know what? It's so easy. Like I, I listened to three of the tutorials. I'm like, that sounds simple. Uh, Gary V like dumps podcast content that is absolutely garbage <laughs> in terms of audio. And I still love it. And I still get so much value out of it. So I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what? I'm not going to think about everything or the quality. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be recording. I'm going to find the first guest was Sean Tucker. We're like literally sitting on the pavement in Paris. We're together. I'm like, hey, dude, I'm going to start a podcast. You want to be on the first episode? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, let's sit down and answer three questions from my audience. That's it. That's awesome. And after you leave and you're like, you have that feeling of having started something and you're like, yes. And then you just keep going. Mm-hmm. And at one point, it find, it's really hard. And that's when everyone drops out. But that's when you have to keep going. Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Because, I mean, I, was, I had this idea for this pot- podcast for over a year before I actually said, okay, it, let's go. Let's, I'm doing this. This is happening now. Um, I don't know what that is about me personally that – you know, I'll have these ideas that I just don't act on. Um, I know that there's many other people out there like me. Uh, oh, but I'm, wait, I want to clarify. I am like you too, right? I have those ideas. I have, I can give you a hundred ideas right now I have that I will <laughs> never take action on. It's great. It's absolutely amazing to hear that. It's great to hear that because when you look from an outsider's perspective, always things always, you know, you have a perspective on something and you don't know whether that's accurate or not. But when you perceive what you've accomplished with a hundred thousand, over a hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube, 60 K on Instagram, almost 10 K already on TikTok, And, and that's going to just continue to explode for you. Cause I just, that's just who you are. I mean, you, you, you have an idea, you have a knack a, for this a million stuff. in 2020. Yeah. It's it's very feasible. I mean, I I told a friend, a drummer, a girl drummer from from Chicago. She's amazing. Uh, Jay Bird's Beats, uh, Jessica Bordeaux. Um, she did a week on Seth Meyers' show over the summer. They invited her to be a guest drummer for the for the nice. entire week. Uh, I told her about TikTok. I think she's already up to like sixty k. And yes, she she's got this amazing drum cover of a Chainsmoker song that just goes. Uh, goes nuts whenever she posts it so it, it it blew up on facebook originally and then it blew up on instagram as well and then that video again blew up on tiktok and so like there's no doubt in my mind that you're you're gonna you're gonna accomplish your goals as far as is 
the social media realm and, and content creation. What, um, what do you think it is about you or can you point a, a pinpoint something about your, your nature because you do try stuff. Whether or not you still have a hundred ideas that you haven't tried, you do try a lot of stuff and you, you try a lot of stuff, I would say more so than the average human being. Um, can you kind of define what that is about you? Do you know what that is about you? Did, I mean, we, is it something that your parents instilled in you? Is it, can you put a finger on that? I'm very, very, very curious. I always wonder why people don't do things or why they do things. And I'm, in a way, I get very impatient if I don't try something. It, because I don't have the, like the excuses that are in my head are, are bad. Like, literally, why didn't you post on TikTok today? Uh... That, that's what comes in my blank, like mm -hmm. blank, because I don't have a good excuse. It's like I went to the bathroom, I came back <laughs> and then I washed my hands and looked at apples for 10 minutes. I could have cut that <laughs> apple watching time for five minutes and yeah. posted something for five. And my life would not be different. Expect that I did something that I had on my mind and it didn't take me that long. Like. I read that book, uh, Getting Things Done, like not long ago, and it's so interesting. He, the guy was talking that they, they studied um, the mind a little bit and whether it's a million-dollar deal that you have at the back of your mind or it's you needing to pick up toilet paper at the grocery store, those two thoughts take as much space in your mind. Okay, Even if it's the biggest thing ever that's going to happen in your life, if you have to pick up toilet paper, those two elements are going to take as much space in your brain. So if you don't do anything about them, if you don't log it, if you don't write it down, if you don't execute on it, it's literally clogging your mind. So your TikTok idea, if you don't write it down, it's going to be at the front of your mind every single minute for the next, until you do it or you don't do it. Mm -hmm. And then it's, gonna, it's just going to accumulate stuff. And I hate that feeling, <laughs> if I'm honest. It's like, I don't like thinking about stuff too much and being like, oh, I didn't do that, I didn't do that, I didn't do that. I'm like, you want to do it? Do it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's that simple. It's, it really is. Um, so I, I, I definitely want to be respectful of your time. I mean, there's a million things I feel like I could talk to you uh, about. Um, but as far as, as the topics of this particular podcast. Is there, is there any advice that you would have for someone that's, you know, in that kind of limbo between possibly making the leap of leaving, um, you know, leaving something safe and secure and, and going after something that is, you know, not so safe and secure. So my, my advice would be do it, but be smart. That's something we don't talk about. Um, and that's where I get caught up sometimes. If I do it too quickly, then I forget the be smart part. And if you're able to add even just five minutes to think about stuff before you start doing them, that's going to help a lot. I'm not saying... 
think about it so hard that you're going to define a five-year plan with details. I'm saying like, just look at what is being done and you're in the place you want to get into. Look, just Google best practices for that particular topic and and start doing with that in mind and not just like, I'm just going to do it because I, I need to do it. Otherwise, you're going to end up like me doing daily videos that, that go nowhere. <laughs> But they got you. They got you to where you are, though. In in a, in a way, I mean, they got in, you in a way. They all every single one of those moments help, um, but there was a faster way, a smarter way, in my opinion. But you, we have we've all got to learn. You know, it's my own learning experience, learning curve. Right. I I, I think that's a huge thing, um, at least that myself that I'm taking away just from having this talk with you is, is a key thing that you keep hitting on is do whatever your idea is do there's got to be some action there's got to be you taking the time to actually go out and do and then it's it sounds like you've just learned along the way you've you've figured out you know and you don't have that until you have hindsight you have you can be retrospective about, you know, the journey up into this point. Um, yeah, and no, I don't think you should. You know, you should just like take or read stuff and best practices as you go, but not overthink it and just realize that whatever you're doing now, you'll probably look at it in six months or a year and think it's crap. But that's okay. That's part of the process and that's a beauty. If you don't think it was bad, it's probably you didn't work hard enough or you didn't progress enough. Right on. Yeah, for sure. Do you, do you have any horror stories that have happened to you as, as a result of, of, you know, taking these chances, taking these risks? Has anything gone just horribly that you can think of? Um, <laughs> good question. Not horribly, but <laughs> I did have to... <laughs> To pull out a lot of my those daily videos because I was slightly not ashamed, but I was like that serves no purpose. This video <laughs> have below fifty or hundred views, mm-hmm. and I'm just sitting there. I'm like it serves zero purpose right now. So that's kind of my wall of shame <laughs> in a way. Um, and the, the other one was just like. Uh, the conversation with your family gets gets a little funny when when you don't know what you're doing and they don't understand it. Mm. Because we, do, we first of all, we never know where we're going and what we're doing. Even people who pretend they do and they're having a nine to five jobs, they, they when you ask them, most of them are like, "Oh, I'm not sure," blah blah blah, or "I don't know what I want to do later." But when you're literally out in a plane on a white piece of paper and you you have to draw and you don't know in what direction, the worst thing that happens is people asking you what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, where you're going to do it. Because you're trying to figure that out yourself and and that's difficult when when other people just pressure you into into finding the solution right away. Or you can just lie to them, but that's, I don't believe in that either. <laughs> <laughs> that's much easier. Oh, I'm going to be an astronaut. Don't worry about it. I got to take care of it. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why are you a photographer? <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so definitely there was the familiar, the familial um, pressures and, you know, the loved ones. They want the best for you. I, I, 
I would say for the most part, anybody that's in this situation that's going to make a a, a, a a difficult decision to to go after something that uh, is not as you know, quote unquote, safe and secure. Um, how did you How did you navigate that? I don't really care what other people think, even my family. It's it sounds like I'm repeating Gary sometimes for the simple reason that I I can relate a lot to what he was saying. That's the only reason. Meaning I I'm very stubborn. And that stubbornness means that whether you think it's great or not, I will still do it. And if you tell me it's not gonna work and, and I suck at it, I'll probably do it twice as much. So um that's that's something that that's I think is very important is to have the confidence of trying. We're not asking you to succeed. We're just asking ask yourself to try not to succeed. You know, have that confidence and be like, you know what, it's okay whether it works out or not. I'm just gonna try, no matter what other people say, because at the end of the day, they don't even know what they're doing, right? Your parents pretend that they know what they're doing, but then they arrive at retirement and their life falls apart. Uh, not everyone, but a lot of them are like, oh, I don't know what to do anymore. You know, I don't have a job. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you're just laughing inside. You're like, oh, yeah, hello. Mm-hmm. Like your job does not define you. You got to find a bigger sense of purpose. 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 I don't even know how to speak anymore. <laughs> so uh, what is that for you right now? What is, what is driving you right now? Aside from your beautiful little girl. Uh, right now, it's really sharing that that like, shooting and like that journey of of like as a photographer and it's kind of funny because as as it evolves it changes you know from just photographer to suddenly you start like adding those words with like youtube and influence or whatever and i kind of want to just continue sharing those photographic adventures you know as if it was a the best nat geo or like the the best like cooking show that you watch Mm -hmm. thinking like Oh yeah, I want to see what they're trying today, or what they're shooting, or, or how they're doing things. And at the same time, I want to share some knowledge. You know, mm-hmm. part of me also wishes I could, I would share like everything, uh, meaning like uh, maybe also the, not just financial, but like how to make it work as I go. But I'm too lazy to to dive into it. <laughs> or oh, I, I I don't want to put the effort into doing that right now. It, it always amazes me amazes me with. You know, highly accomplished people that refer to themselves as lazy. It's incredible. Well, what is laziness? Laziness is just you not wanting to do something, oh, right? I, I think that's no matter what it is, <laughs> no, no matter, no one's lazy. They just have different sense of priorities. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, I feel like I'm lazy too. But then when I look around at the people, you know, that I, you know, associate with, I'm like, okay, I'm doing all right. I'm I'm doing, you know. I know you need to change your circle. Yes, you're absolutely <laughs> okay. right. I got to get TikTok. I, I have two sets of friends. I have some I look at them like, "Oh, I'm clearly doing more than okay." And I have others I'm like, "Damn, I'm way beyond." <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it keeps you motivated. I mean, like Yeah, like cheers to that, man. Like for sure, you need you need people that are going to inspire you and that are going to push you and you can see what's capable what's possible. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm seeing that with 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 what you're doing right now. I see, I've seen that with how Alex has grown in the last you know year since year eighteen months since he's left his 
his um, finance mm. job, and, and it's it's just incredible. It's incredibly inspiring. So, um, like I said, I, I want to be respectful of your time. We've been on for quite some time, and, and I feel like we've gotten some great, great stuff uh, in this conversation. But uh, uh, hopefully in the future down the road, maybe we can revisit some of this stuff or if uh, I come up with other other themes um, as far as that I think would be uh, kind of good for, for listeners to hear. Um, maybe we can revisit this conversation in, in the future. But uh, I, wanna, I just want to, again, um, just pay respects to, to everything that you've accomplished up until this point, everything that you, you got going on in the future. What, what is next for you? Right now, dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Just immediate, just the, the, the hierarchy of needs, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I need to be fed. Um, need to be fed and I need to plan because I've been procrastinating on my planning and I, <laughs> workshop and travels to plan that I absolutely need to do. Otherwise, um, I'm going to have to eat ramen in 2020. So, <laughs> well, um, I just, I just want to thank you, uh, again for your time. Um, it, it means, it means a lot that you would, uh, give up some of the time that you have to, to have this conversation and in essence to, to provide value to other people. Um, which is what you're pretty much doing, uh, with with all of your content you're putting out you're providing people the value you're inspiring so uh i just want to recognize that and, and and say thank you and then um just lastly where where can people find you um everywhere online if you type pierre t lambert p-i-e-r-e-t-l-a-m-b-e-r-t like lambert wilson but with pierre before um, well, you'll find me online. You can find the photography, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, what else is there? MySpace? No, not MySpace. Facebook, YouTube. I'm sure we'll add a bunch more in the next decade. Yeah, I, I mean, the podcast for me has been awesome. He's had some incredible... The podcast to the right. <laughs> Thanks, man. I keep forgetting. Yeah, the, the <laughs> podcast for me has been, has been amazing. You've had incredible guests on there. Chris Picard some uh, National Geographic photographers, just big heavy hitters in the photography world. Um, So it's been great to hear, uh, you know, some stories from them and how about how they go about uh, approaching photography. It's been awesome. Thanks, man. So, all right. Um, So appreciate you guys listening and stay tuned for who we have coming down the road. Until then, uh, take care and peace. Thank you so much, Jason. Have a great day. You're welcome. You too, buddy.